All right, welcome back, beautiful humans, to another episode of Naked Sunday. I have the pleasure today of welcoming on Heather Mock. Am I saying it correctly? Mm -hmm. Cool, I got it right. Usually I'm pretty good with names, but I want to make sure I get that right. Um, I'm very excited that we've just met. We're brand new friends. And the way I like to start off every show, episode, whatever we call these, is I like to tell people why I appreciate them. So... We're going to start with that. Um, I appreciate you simply because what well, we made friends yesterday and we were connected mm-hmm. through our friend, our mutual human being, Sharon, and you have just a very, just a lovely personality. You're just very joyous. You're very kind. Um, and I like the open-mindedness too. Like you just were like, we we're talking and I, I, I told you, I like to just be helpful in general and yeah. you allowed me to do so. Yeah. So, so that brings me joy. So yeah. Thank you for helping me feel happier. <laughs> and I'm excited for people to get to know. I think what you, you're, when we started talking about stuff, stuff you do with work, really a unique, holistic perspective on things. So very excited to hear a little more about that and share uh, your story with other people. So um, on that note, you know yourself better than I do. <laughs> Heather, who are you? Wow. Who am I? Um, I am a, well, I'm a dog trainer. Um, I have a little bit of a tough time using that word because it has, uh, some certain stereotypes attached to it, but I'm a dog trainer. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, I am passionate about life and my passion and being of service to people and helping people. And I'm really passionate about getting to the truth of things, you know, really digging deep into the dog's nature and how the dogs help us learn more about ourselves and finding that common ground. And yeah, I love to learn and I love to educate. That's awesome. I, I'm really curious. I want to go there in a second about like how you came to all this, this path with, with animals. Um, I certainly can attribute a few life lessons through my journey of uh, when my wife, my, my wife's dog, kind of came into my life and how he helped me learn some things about myself. We can share that a little bit later, but um, it is, and my family thought I didn't like animals for a long time, which is not the truth at all. I just think of the the weight and the responsibility of taking care of an animal is very important. I think not enough people appreciate and respect that. Um, But that's that, again, that's another thing. I'm really curious, especially like your, your, your bigger picture view on things. How, how did you get inspired by this? How did you get into this field? Like, take me through this a little bit. Well, my, my plan for myself was to be, um, a teacher. So I went through and I got my master's in teaching. And when I graduated, it was right when the teaching, um, overpopulation happened. So not enough jobs for teachers. I was lucky to get a one-year temporary job. It was a new position, um, actually teaching English to kids with emotionally, they called them emotionally disturbed and special education, which was not anything I was prepared for. Um, but in that year, you know, I really learned to love working with marginalized populations, you know, people who need a voice and getting to know them and understand where they were coming from. And then at the end of the year, they cut my position. So, um, two years I spent on the couch, just depressed, got called on two interviews. Like here's my whole life. Uh, didn't work out as I planned. 
And during all of this time, um, I had a border collie who had a lot of problems, a lot of issues. She was a rescue. And I had been working behind the scenes to help her, but nothing was working. So an ad for dog training certification scrolled across my um, computer one day. And I was like, why not? I need to do something. Um, and I thought when I got certified that I would have all the answers to help her. Um, and it didn't happen like that. Instead, what I began to realize was there was a real void, a real hole um, in the training market for working with marginalized populations of dogs, behaviors or breeds, anxiety, aggression, um, dogs that were feeling out of training classes. And I, become, I became just as passionate about them as I did the kids I was working with um, for that year that I was teaching. And I said, you know, I really need to find a trainer to learn from who's saying something other than looking at dog behavior as something to reward or correct. Because no matter how everyone was dressing it up, when it boiled down to their methods, it was a reward, correct, be the pack leader version. Mm. So by coincidence, um, I found a trainer in Southern Vermont. He's since passed. But I ended up doing a five-year five apprenticeship with him. Um, going up to, he lived on a mountaintop. Um, <laughs> no way. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, studying dogs, studying the nature of the dog and really beginning to learn and understand what we're missing, um, what we're missing with dogs and what began as just a way to help the dogs that needed more turned into, well, this is what we should be doing with every dog. Um, if we really to dig deep and find that connection and also learn about ourselves, this is what we should be doing with every dog. Um, so it started with a passion for those marginalized populations and grew into a, like, I want to get this out there. Wow. So you work primarily, if I remember correctly, with more of these kind of like the tough, the tough cases with dogs. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were saying you really take a more holistic approach to this whole scenario. Could you kind of take me through what does that look like? If, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say everything is unique, but yeah. what are some of the kind of the, the overarching concepts that you see with, with when you're, you're working with animals? And then also I'm curious to like see what the relationship is like with, with the, the, the dog's owner. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That's a lot. So um, the first thing that I would say is we've become very human centric in our understanding of the dog. We've taken a lot of human concepts of, you know, this idea of dogs make good decisions and dogs make bad decisions and we reward or we correct accordingly. We take a very cognitive thinking approach. Um, and what I began to learn through my apprenticeship is, is how to become dog centric, you know, how to really understand what's going on with them. That's way, 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 way beneath that. Um, and connect with them on that really deeper level. So um, when you boil down what we actually do, the hands-on training, it boils down to five core exercises. These five core exercises are skills that all dogs were born with, all puppies have. But through the domestication process, um, those skills will away. And sometimes that means because trauma got in there, fear got in there, bad situations happened. Sometimes it's just the stress of domestic living and not quite understanding the dog, um, but it takes its toll and those five skills begin to whittle away. And those five skills are nature's code 
or how a dog processes and filters its reality. So if a dog doesn't stay in its core and coming from its core, it tips into instincts. Mm. Instincts are fear, flight, fight, you know, how do I keep myself safe? Um, and a lot of the behavior that um, homeowners are frustrated with are dogs, you know, fear got into the system and the dog really seeing their reality from an instinctual perspective. They can't, they can't choose to make good, be- good behavioral decisions in that moment because their system is overriding, is keeping them safe. So how to get dogs back to um, operating from their core, from the code nature gave them. Um, and honoring the dog, you know, not turning them into little human beings as we sometimes do, but how to honor the dog, which sometimes when I say something like, um, how to not turn our dog into little human beings that can cause a reaction. It did for me when I went through the process, but what I learned was I, if I let that go and I really listened, I got into a deeper relationship and a deeper connection with my border collie. Mm. actually able to change her fear, her aggression in the moment, right before my eyes, because I was able to make that leap um, and turn her, you know, I'm going to light up to a dog or light up to a person in feeling. Um, And then she could handle dogs and she could handle people. So we got her from instincts into core, but I had to let go of, you know, this idea that she's my little human Mm. and honor the dog it sounds a lot like letting go of control. Yeah. A lot of it is letting go of control. You know, we're, we're walking around in life. We're lonely. We're hurt. We've had things happen. And, and sometimes dealing with people is hard. And so I think dogs really become that, that place, you know, we, we dump a lot of feeling into them because they love us unconditionally. They never judge us. Um, And that's a beautiful thing. But the other side of the story is we still need to honor the dog and we still need to be putting the work into the dog that the dog needs. Yeah. Right. Uh, the overarching like word that kind of like propped up for me, like the concept around this really seemed to be empathy and, and really dialing that in. And, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, learning how to tap into that with, with a dog probably has some pretty solid ramifications when you turn and you go to interact with people on the, on the, on the flip side of that, because we still have to interact with humans as well. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a pretty, I mean, that's an extensive apprenticeship. What uh, take me through some of that journey. Like, what did that feel like? I mean, you broke down a lot of like core beliefs you had around some of that, that that's. Yeah. You unique. I think for me, I, I was always someone that struggled in the school system. I was, I was sensitive. Yeah. I was strong. I I just, I never could really find my place in the school system and social populations. I always felt um, like something was wrong with me, you know, for lack of better words. And really when I went and did this apprenticeship and I, and I followed, I learned about this model, what I thought was I was going to really learn how to help dogs. Um, And this model is so rich and deep in its theory that really I began to understand myself and that fundamentally in our animal body um, is the experiences we go through, how we process is the same as the dog, but it's under all of that um, 
my dog makes bad decisions and my dog is jealous and my dog's stubborn. It's under all that. It's deeper. You know, dogs acquire stress like human beings do. Stress needs to go somewhere. There's a lot of, I found myself and uh, learned a lot about myself, even though I thought I was just there to help dogs. So my goal always is to pay that forward. And I hope that through working with, with your dog, um, people can tap into a deeper part of themselves, which helps them get more connected with their animal. Is that something, tell me a little bit about what you see with the transformation with the people. I've got a, you're, you had this very powerful experience working one-to-one with your own, with your own dog. Is that a common kind of transformation you're seeing with your clients that they're, maybe they were bringing in other things or what, is there like a prototypical human that comes in with, with this situation as well? Yeah, there's a few different prototypes. Um, the prototype that I think we can all agree on to some level is when we have a dog who is defying uh, our expectations or what we want in a relationship, um, there's a lot of, of confusion, frustration, guilt we have. Maybe we did this. Maybe we didn't understand. Sometimes there's a lot of anger. You know, why can't my dog just get it? It can be embarrassing to walk your aggressive dog in public. There's a lot of emotions that we've uh, attached ourselves to our dog's behavior. Um, And I think that when I'm able to offer people a path forward to really reach that animal, um, when the dog actually transforms in the moment, And you, let's just say, for example, I walk into a lesson and the dog wants to bite me. And then all of a sudden there's that moment where I, that dog gets playful with me or for the first time it happens with the owner. They see their dog white knuckling, so tight, so scared to go on a walk, another dog up ahead. And then all of a sudden they can make that dog have a playful moment, turn that into joy. You can feel it in the owner and you can see it in the owner. Um, you can, that emotional, like relief, that sigh, like I really reached my animal. I really was able to do something truly transformational rather than let me correct it. Let me reward it. Let me keep it in its box. Um, and that is when you have those moments, those are the most beautiful celebratory moments when you truly feel like you were able to help a being, um, change from within and find joy in a moment. That's so cool because I mean, we're really talking about relationships at the end of the day. And you know, obviously people love their dogs, mm-hmm. your animal, the animal lovers out there. Like I love my dog. Tyson's staring at me right now. He's got a little yeah. messed up paw, a little leg right now. We're worried about that. We took him to the vet the other day and uh, he's giving me the puppy eyes right now. Oh, he breaks me. My wife obviously just cuddles all over him. We love our dogs, but to have that kind of, it is a relationship. There's like a, a different, it sounds like there's a just different level of like, like intimacy, a connection that that's, that is beyond just, you know, Oh, you're my pet. That kind yeah. of thing. That, that's so, so powerful. Um, how do you work with the person, like with the, with the actual dog owner, how do you work with them? Is there a different communication style that you use with them? So much of the work with the owner is, um, yeah, it's, uh, so much of the work with the owner is 
we have just internalized a way of understanding dog behavior that I think is very limiting Hmm. and really doesn't encompass the full picture. And so when I work with owners, they're usually really emotional. Um, Like I said, whether it's all the way from guilt to embarrassment to anger, they're really emotional because their dog isn't what they're doing with their dog. Isn't working with everything they've searched on the internet and the training classes that they've taken. Um, and so what really becomes important with the owner is really giving them the education that there's another story. There's another narrative to that. There's another way to look and understand this where your dog is just doing the best that they can. Um, especially dogs who have trauma, right? Trauma and PTSD in a dog functions very much the same as in a human. Mm. And the behavior that a dog can do can fluctuate anyway from anywhere from hyperactivity to fear or aggression when they have trauma. So a lot of dogs' behavior are rooted in trauma. We're not seeing it as that. So a lot of the work with the humans is kind of going back to the education and going back again to helping them see where their dog is coming from because we're really fighting these ingrained scripts of um, how we've been taught and how we've learned to see dog behavior. So it's like, when I work with clients, I keep myself super available. I'm like, you know, text me when you're having a moment um, and you know, you need to work through this and you're falling back into what all your friends are telling you what all the internet research told you, you know, just text me so I can just say it again. So we can go through it again. Cause it is a process um, to evolve. You don't get it in one second. You know, you have to hear it again and keep working through it. And a lot of the work to get to help people get to where they want to get to with their dog is changing the way we think about dogs. So it's the work with the people to get there. Yeah. On, on that note, do you find that people are more calm, relaxed, nurturing, something of that nature on the other end of, of their process with you? Oh my gosh. On the other side, you know, the, the model and the training that I teach, it's so much less work. Um, mm. so much less work than what people think it is or what's out there. And, you know, you can train a dog to listen to you, um, and to, to give commands and your dog will listen to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean your dog connects with you deeply and trusts you. And that in a moment, like I said, you can change the feeling of fear to joy. I can take a fearful dog and I can make them lay down, but that doesn't mean the fear went away. Um, So that's, it's really the evolution of changing the feeling state of the dog. And I think when owners realize they can do that and they have the ability and the tools to do that, there's no, there's no greater joy. Um, and you can see it. I think your background in the formal education system, my wife is a teacher, mind you. And um, I, her and I battle it out because I have my differing opinions about things. She knows them pretty adamantly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Being the entrepreneurial mind that I I fully have embraced. um, I, I see some of the, these concepts, these kind of hard, rigid lines about how things are, and it's a little dogmatic. And and how did you say it was the the reward um, punishment correction. system? Or reward correction. Reward, re- positive reinforcement, reward or correction based. Yep. Did you see parallels from those two different, like how we're teaching humans and how we're teaching dogs? That while it can yield 
how did you say it? You just said it was like, I can get the, the, the scared dog to, to lie down, but the fear is still there. Did you see some interesting parallels between that? Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the best teachers that I worked with were the teachers who were putting in double the time, incredibly long days, because in order to really help the kids, uh, they had to do that. The, and, and I didn't know, like, for me, I was like, I'm going to burn out this, this is crazy. You know, I, I ended up, I did my apprenticeship as well for my teaching in Mount Pleasant middle school in New York, which is a super duper urban school. And I was working with sixth graders and most of them could barely read. Mm -hmm. And the teacher that um, was mentoring me, she was just so motivated to get these kids to just care about learning. Um, And of course she's fighting the standardized tests and they need to pass the test and read and write, but she cared about getting them to learn. So she actually got her dog certified as a therapy dog. And she would bring her dog in every week and have the kids just read a book and while their hands were on the dog and you should see these kids that never cared about learning actually read so that they could pet hope another border collie. Um, and so it was the teachers that I just saw like go above and beyond with how do we get these, these populations to care, you know, who might not have that culture at home with their parents where education wasn't super valued. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I just kind of took that and now I'm in the dog industry trying to do the same thing (laughs) because I want all dogs to succeed, not the majority, all of them. Well, what I really like, what it sounds like you're doing there is it is also about teaching the the dog owner as well. So that, because sure you can teach a skill on the spot. My, 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 my original background is in health coaching and mm. I own a gym. It's like, great. I could teach you how to do a squat here in the gym, but could you go do this at home by yourself? How yeah. is there, how are you going to reinforce this as being like you're safe within yourself? Mm-hmm. And obviously with a dog, like they're, they, they have this relationship with the owner more intimately, of course. So I like that you're bringing that and you're contextualizing it and making this holistic approach, not just like, we're going to come here do our skills. And then like, you know, go home, do your thing. Yeah, That's got to be a very intensive process on some levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier for the dogs than it is for the people. (laughs) The dogs are just like, yes, thank you. You know, especially we get these working dog breeds, shepherds and Rottweilers and birding dog breeds, you know, and they're bred to work. They have a working drive, which this model really top, top taps into. And once you start doing the work with the dogs, they're just like, Oh my gosh, thank you. All I wanted to know was how and where to move my energy. And I can do it with you, the handler, like my owner, like this is incredible. And the dogs pick up on it super fast. Um, but there is a lot of catch up for the owner. The owner almost has more, (laughs) more to go through to, to get there. Yeah. Humans get a human, right? Mm -hmm. Um, does this actually lead to, is it possible for a dog to become, uh, what's it called? You just said it, um, like therapy dog, like certified from this process? Yeah, I don't, for that, you need to go to a special certified instructor. Oh, okay. But the work that I do gets dogs able to resonate in their environment. So if you had a dog who was a little sharp and lit up a little bit, you know, barked or lunged with people, or you had a dog who was fearful you do this work 
um, and you get the dog to a place where they can resonate and they feel comfortable and they're joyful, um, then you go to your therapy dog instructor and they, they can pass the test now because they can receive the training, they can do the work. Most of the dogs that I work with, um, they can't even receive the training initially. You know, they're too stressed, they're too anxious, they're too, so getting them to resonate and stabilize the system first, and then you can go be an agility champion. You can go be a therapy dog certified, you know, you can do all that kind of stuff. I'm learning so much right now. Like so much. I don't know. I don't know any of these things. So this is, this is, I've always agreed with the, the energy piece of this. Yeah. Like I, I firmly believe like if you're coming in high, strong and you know, you're going to set off your dog on those things. They, they, they feel, and I think humans feel too. We just like to push it down and ignore it. Um, but I think what you're saying is so fascinating uh, just so you know, selfishly, I do this podcast mostly just because I get to talk to intelligent people and learn <laughs> stuff um, because I'm just a curious guy. Have, have you, I'm, I'm going to assume you, you've always been a, a, a animal lover, always had dogs or like, was this more like, okay, you had your, uh, your border collie. And then like, this became a deeper passion as you were learning to make this connection. Yeah, no, I was always an animal lover. Yeah. yeah always from the very beginning. And, and my animals, even before I had the border collie certainly helped me through some of the darkest times. What I've learned since is how to pay it back to the animal. Yeah. Through this process, basically, right. More animals get more love this way and more yeah. humans get more love too. Right. Imagine that. right. <laughs> it's kind of a full right. circle thing. Um, so do you have like, you have like a school set up or do, do you go with them? Like, how does this work out? Is it, they come to you or do you go to them or, and, and you're mentioning that you have this, this new bridge because of the pandemic has a, had brought some interesting things to the table as well. Yeah. I, primarily what we're doing right now is home lessons. Um, so it's great to go to people's homes, to see dogs in their element, uh, to see the layout of the home, the real, you know, where the home is itself to certain triggers and certain limitations or certain strengths. And so to be able to go to the home um, and see where the dogs are. And I also found I didn't start that way. I started by having owners and dogs come to me, but I realized that taking the dogs out of their element, they were so different, whether they internalized and they shut down, whether they were more aggressive and they were externalizing more, um, they weren't the same as they were at home. So being able to see dogs in their environment as they are, um, helps me. And it helps me to help owners more knowing their home setup and their home layout with all their questions, um, in between lessons. All that context, right? You can't, <laughs> people could say one thing, but you know, not that they're lying, but it allows you to see the real that that's, I yeah. think that's super, super valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a question and I just blacked out. Sometimes that happens. Usually, usually it doesn't happen, but sometimes it does. Um, I've got to imagine people get, I, I was very fortunate. Like my dog, he is awesome. And I, to share some of these experiences, like how I learned about myself a little bit, when we brought him back, he stayed with uh, her mother in Florida when uh, we had moved in together. And I remember I brought him to the gym and like he pooped outside and then like he rolled in it. And I was like, <laughs> no. 
Oh, oh, and he was like eating. It was gross. It was just foul. It was just foul. And Lexi knew like I had a thing about bringing dogs to the gym because I didn't want like everybody bring their dog because I didn't know if all the dogs were behaved and you know I thought of lawsuits and all the other things to come along with it. But finally, I broke because Ty is just like soft and fluffy and just you know, the most adorable thing on the planet and very docile. And uh, but here he was outside. I took him for a little stroll around and it's kind of we had this grassy area. I don't know if it was him or some other dogs, but whatever, it was gross. And he's rolling it. And I, I distinctly remember this moment. I shared it with her after I was like, if this was my child, like, how would I react? Would I like throw a tantrum and like start screaming and yelling, even though, you know, the, a kid is a kid. Like, what, do you, what am I going to do? Am I going to show this aggression over something? It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, like seeing him in that light, and like seeing like, this is just a thing. This is happening. This is not the end of the world. Me bringing aggression or anger or frustration to the table is not going to make this any better. So how, how would I approach this? And I, I literally was asking myself, like, how would I show up as a parent? And he, I picked him up, went inside, showered him up and cleaned him. And, you know, I, I like to think he, he's, he's always very cuddly and snuggly around me. And I like to think I calm him down, like, things you mentioned before, but like he used to be very jumpy and agitated when we get in the car. But when he goes with me, like we're just chill, we're calm or he's a cool customer. Mm-hmm. So I like to think my energy brings that to the table. Cause I don't, I don't like to get rattled too much, but I find it such a, I've heard plenty of friends now say like my having a dog taught me a lot about myself, helped me grow as a person. And from, for me, when I made that decision of like, of asking, for a living being that will be in my responsibility, how am I going to show up? Am I going to show up angry, aggressive, blaming, and all those other things? Or am I going to show up with empathy, understanding, realizing things happen, mistakes happen, and what type of energy I bring in is probably going to affect the outcome of this thing. So I look at the little pupper right now as he's now passed out taking a nap because, you know, waking up is hard. Um, <laughs> I, I have this like deep gratitude for, for my pup, for the little dude. So I think what you're doing really is, is a cool thing to help people shift that understanding of you can learn a lot about yourself and how you show up and connect with your own energy and connect with your own communication patterns and connect with something beyond yourself because it doesn't have to be just this aggressive thing. It could be more of a flow type of thing. Um, I just went off on a rant, but I just, uh, I, I, it kind of contextualizes everything that, that you kind of said and in my own relationship with the dog. Um, I think this, the therapy dog thing is, is brilliant. I'm surprised more people don't have the therapy dog in school. Do you, is that something like you've kind of been pushing for at all? Or you, is that something you see to yourself getting involved in? Um, yeah, someday down the road, I would love to get more involved in it. And um, the healing work that I feel like animals can do in our life, um, but turning it into a two-way street um, so that the work you're doing with your dog in return um, is the work that they need. I think sometimes the therapy emotionally support gets very one-sided. Um, and really it makes us feel better in the moment, all the attention, all the love, the support our animal gives us, but the true work is then 
doing the work to give back to the dog um, that actually gets us up and moving and, and moving through things. So I would love to do so much more with that in the future. Animals provide incredible, incredible healing. And there's so much there that they're here to teach us when we learn how to listen. Um, and I don't think all dogs are meant to be therapy animals. Um, some of them are a hundred percent. They're born. They came into this life. Like I love children. I love people. This is what I want to do. And some of them are not. And knowing that when your dog shows up and says, I'm not, that's okay. That's pretty cool. We put a little, we try to sometimes put them in a box and some dogs are like, nope, we're going to defy this box and break out of it. That was my border collie. I don't accept this training model. I don't accept sheep herding. Everything I tried, she just broke it, defied it um, until I found my mentor. And after 15 minutes of him working with her, she um, relaxed. I could tell he had reached her in a way she'd never been reached. And I was like, oh, that's what we're meant to be doing. She taught me. She led me there. Well, this is kind of leading into my question. Usually I'll ask somebody like, what's been the greatest piece of advice you've gotten? But I'm curious, what, what's the greatest lesson that your dog taught you? I think that we don't always get the dog we think we want, but we get the dog we needed. Um, and letting go of our expectations and our wants in the relationship and really learning how to listen to them and go on the journey with them just takes us to incredible places. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, I only have one more question for you. This, yeah. This happens to be my favorite question. I think I'm, I'm intrigued to hear how you're going to answer this, but what is your purpose? You know, I think a lot about this question. Um, really? I do right. because I always want to be so aligned with it. I truly believe my purpose is to be of service, um, to be a vessel, to help. Um, I never want to have my ego in the equation. And sometimes I need to check that. Um, so don't beat yourself <laughs> up on that one. <laughs> but I really, you know, as much as my purpose is dog training, I really believe the deeper reason is to, to educate, to get people thinking differently. It's that moment, a light bulb goes on, you know, I don't care what kind of teacher you are and what you teach when a light, you can help someone turn a light bulb on and change the course of their life. Um, so to be able to, to be that teacher, to turn that light bulb on so that the human can connect with themselves and the dogs on a deeper level um, is really what I, what I want to do. Yeah. That is a cool response. There's a reason why I love that as my question as my favorite question, because everybody has a very unique reply. I, yeah. Obviously, what given what you do, I was, I was really excited to see where you're going to go with it. And I'm always also very curious how many, or not curious, I'm always surprised how many people say, you know what, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I was like, mm -hmm. huh, interesting. I think about that question a lot as well. Mm -hmm. so, um, what what advice do you have for anybody right now? Who's kind of like, hey, I'm a little bit, I'm struggling. I'm, 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 I'm having a tough time with my dog or maybe I'm like struggling with my own energy and I'm, I'm maybe I'm stressed out and worried that I'm putting out, putting those stressors on my dog. But what kind of a good advice you got for somebody? You know, um, 
there's two things I want to say. I just want to make sure when I say the first one, I don't forget the second one. <laughs> you know, the first, the first thing I would say is when you really feel like you're struggling with your own emotions, with your dog, you might not necessarily think your dog needs training or you need to do that, but it's really good to take a break and just take a time out. Who cares about how well they sit, stay their manners and just go do something you and your dog love to do together. You know, go take him for a hike in the woods. Go take him for a car ride if that's what your dog loves. Just take a step back from all the expectations, all the pressure, and just go be with your dog doing something that you love. And sometimes putting your dog in the crate and taking a break is okay too. Sometimes we have to protect the dog from our emotions. The second thing I would say is if that if you're somebody out there who, like me, was always trying to find a training fit for her dog, who was always trying just just I was on a track, you know, I needed to reach her. I wanted to help her with her trauma and her aggression. Trust your gut, trust your instincts and listen to your dog. If your dog isn't doing well with a trainer and isn't doing well in a model, it's not the dog's fault. It's never the dog's fault. They're not too stubborn. They're not too jealous. They're not too whatever. The dog is trying to tell you that this is not right for me and follow it and go on that journey. Um, don't settle, trust your gut, trust the dog. Don't ever take what somebody is telling you to do with your dog or what's the right course as the only course. Yeah. I love hearing those things. And that's why also a big reason why I love talking to people, talking to people of a lot of different backgrounds and industries and things like that. Cause I hear with me, like everything in my life has been coaching, whether it's yeah. in business or life or health or relationships or whatever, like it's this overarching, these things that stick out. And it's that, how'd you say it? It's not the model it's because the model becomes like these rigid, hard lines, square, yeah. round hole, as opposed to finding a path that's really contextually appropriate for the individual, because it's their model it's their life it's their existence that they're going to have to interact in not mm -hmm. not yours so it's those interesting projections so I, I i really enjoyed how you put that there and those are the those are like the bells going off in my head. i'm like oh that sounds a lot like real coaching like yeah. deep coaching that actually sticks because it can transcend specific environments it it, it is appropriate for the individual. So I think that's really, really wonderful. I just want to make sure you, I, I kind of, with everything, I kind of like to make sure I process it in my own. Well, like that, I'm, I'm kind of coaching myself. Like, how am I hearing this that actually fits into <laughs> sure. my, my yeah. paradigm? But I love it. I mean, it, and that to me, it just sounds, again, like an appropriate coaching relationship from what I have mm -hmm. seen with people where there's, there's like the, um, there's like the drill sergeant kind of coaches in this world. And at times I have been that. And then I realized like that is a very short term solution. And then it mm -hmm. became, what's the conversation? Like, how about you show me the answers? Like, you know, let's tap into what your inner, you know, wisdom has there. And you're saying the same thing about like tap into what's going on with your own inner wisdom, but also the wisdom your dog is bringing to the table. Yeah. What a deep and profound thing. I, I, I love what you're doing. Um, Thank you. On that note, to anybody who's listening out there right now, like, man, Heather's pretty rad. I like what she's doing. I like that she has this more holistic approach that I think would be most appropriate for my experience. And I want to regain some confidence and, and being able to support my, my, my beloved dog. How, what would be the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Um, well, you can go to my website, 
My website is just, you just Google Rising Canine, but it's www.risingcanine.com. My info is on there. Um, I am very happy to give my number right now, if that's appropriate. It's up to you. I'm cool with it. And I'll, I'll put <laughs> yeah. it, I'm going to put this in the show notes too. So yeah, you'll be, people can sure. see it. Yeah. Um, you can, um, you can call me anytime and um, this is my cell number. So you can also text me like texting's great. It's just fast, easy, quick to reach me. I can get right back in touch with you. Um, but that number is 518-926-8438. I got to say, I love your direct approach too. Like cut <laughs> yeah. out, cut out all the middleman, cut out all the stuff. Let's just get to like, you want to make change? Here's how you get in touch with me. Shoot I me love that. I love that. I love everything about that. Um, Heather, this has been a pleasure. I've learned actually quite a bit. And even just from having this conversation with you, I'm just looking over my pup again. I'm like, man, I really love the little guy a little bit more just from listening and learning and understanding and, and being like, okay, this is where I feel like I've done a good job in my relationship with the pup. And, uh, you know, here's where I could think about doing things differently, but I think that's just a really powerful realization. So that's fantastic. Um, anything else you want to share before we, we wrap this thing up? Yeah. The only thing I, I, I will say this because this is my, um, we work with all dogs and I love all dogs. My personal passion is dogs with trauma. Hmm. And sometimes you don't always recognize trauma, but it can be anything from chronic barking to, to aggression. Um, but all behavioral problems are not rooted in dominance and confidence. It's all insecurity and instability, especially aggression. We only act controlling over our environment when we feel out of control. Um, so all the problem behaviors you have in your dog does not, it doesn't come from a place of confidence. It comes from a place of insecurity. And I am so passionate about finding the dogs with trauma or the rescue dogs or the dogs that you're trying to adopt from a shelter into your home and teaching you how to work with these deeper things, um, that the traditional training market doesn't really address. Um, so if you are ever like, maybe my dog has some trauma or or I don't understand every time I turn on the mixer, my dog hides. I don't understand what that's about. Why does my dog shake every time they see another dog? You know, all of those things. I'm so passionate about helping people understand how to work with these dogs, because these are the dogs that are failing. They're being rehomed and the extreme sense they're being euthanized. Um, So, and just don't give up. There's always a way. Heather, you're just awesome. I just dig your vibe in general. I'm so, so happy we got, I'm so happy we just got to chat yesterday and chat, happy we got to talk again this quickly as yeah. this was like, as, as, clearly you could see I'm just as direct. I'm like, oh, let's just talk more, you know, yeah. after we got yeah. to chat. But um, I love what you're doing. I think there's going to be some really profound change uh, through people working with you and their dogs working with you. And um I'm just excited to see what happens. So thank you very much, guys. Everybody who's listening, the information to get to work with Heather is going to be in the show notes or to contact her. Um, So just check that out. But until next time, much love. Yeah, thank you, Caleb, so much. Blessed.